You're listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast with Allie, a fiery realtor queen, and Samantha, a gypsy wandering her way through life while navigating being a rock star woman with ADHD. Both are former teen moms of two who have faced challenging adversities. They're here to break stereotypes, get real with you about the messiness of life, and remind you that we're all just a little twisted. This is the Twisted Sisters podcast. I am one of your hosts, Samantha Mello, and I'm here to introduce Dee Dee Patchett and Mia Dorr, two beautiful women inside and out, best friends who met in such a serendipitous way, business owners individually and together. These women are making waves in the music industry. I cannot tell you enough how much they have inspired me in how they navigate personal lives, how they navigate business together, and how they cherish their friendship to the core. Their advice and their stories are so inspiring, you are not going to regret it. Plus, they are going to have you laughing your absolute little tiny heinies off. I want you guys to grab your drink of choice, non-alcoholic if you're driving, sit down with us, You feel like you are just sitting with your best friends. I love it. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. Thank you for listening. We love you. Welcome to the Twisted Sisters. This is your co-host, Allie Engren. And Samantha Mello. And we have two amazing women here today. We are so excited. I'm excited to learn because I don't know a lot about this business. So I want to hear the nitty and the gritty. So we have Mia Dore and Dana I'm going to bodge it, you guys. Dana, say it for me. Sure, I go by Dee Dee Padgett. Dee Dee Padgett. <laughs> You're good, Allie. You're good. We're off to a strong start. <laughs> I'm not good with names sometimes. <laughs> I love it. So I am excited to have you guys on here. I met you guys. I was bartending. And you guys were going to be performing a show at the Chart House Live. Mm-hmm. And tell us what show you guys are going to be doing. Do you remember what show I you were? I believe that was our Dolly Parton show, right? Yeah. 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 It's called Evolution of the Diva, Dolly Parton. And so you do so many different performances. Mm-hmm. And is that mainly what you focus on is doing um, like tribute type performances like that? Or do you do a lot of your own music as well? Uh, that's only a part of what we do. Um, we do all different kinds of entertainment, but... Yeah, we have the Evolution of the Diva Band, Dolly Parton, and then we do Evolution of the Diva, Linda Ronstadt, but um, Dee Dee and I also have a show that we've been doing for many, many years on Sunday night, and other capacities as well, and um, I have a band, a blues band, called Mia Dore and the Funkin' Bluesers, and um, <laughs> I also work with a duo partner, Scott Graves, and I have a trio that I work with as well. Uh, with Scott Graves and Jesse Mueller on the piano. And so, um, yeah, I do all different kinds of crazy stuff. And then you have uh, you have your Prohibition-era solo show that you oh, do yeah, as right. well. Mm-hmm. So. so you guys do business together, and how did you meet? So 25 years ago, I was a DJ in a club. Well, actually about 26, 26 or 27 years ago. And I'd taken a hiatus from that club because I was working full-time and DJing it. So I took a hiatus and went on call. And that club was owned by the sister of a good friend of mine. 
And so um, they had hired in a karaoke company to come in and do this party on Sunday afternoons. And so when I saw this friend of mine who owned the bar, she said, um, she said, I want you to come back and DJ on Sunday nights because there's this party we've got that goes from like five to nine and people are all amped up and they want to stay and party. And I want you to come back and DJ. And I said, what kind of, what kind of thing you got going on? She goes, well, it's karaoke. And I will be honest with you, like, this is the irony of the world. And this is like my one like big message to people. Every time you think you've got a, a bias about something, dig a little deeper into it and realize that it might be the greatest blessing of your life. <laughs> and so I literally, and she, till the day she died, she literally would give me crap about the fact that I said, you want me to DJ after a karaoke show? Like I was somehow <laughs> so much better than that, that I should not be. Well, anyway, so she said, would you just come in and check it out? And I said, I'll come in and I'll just check it out. And so I walked into the bar on the end of October of 1997 and I got there at 7.30 and you would have thought it was New Year's Eve. This place was packed full of people. People were dancing everywhere. People were singing everywhere. And within about 10 minutes of me being there, Mia happened to sing and she was, she owned the entertainment business that had the karaoke company and she was the host of this show. And so she got up and she sang and the place just went nuts. I mean, it was like shaking the rafters and I'm like, Okay, this is fun. Yeah. This is really fun. <laughs> I love that. So I started the next week and um, to follow the party. And um, so I would start when Mia was done. And I my, my nickname, like one of my handles is A Funky DJ. And that's what I do. <laughs> and so I would bring this all old school R&B stuff. And Mia's like, where did you come from? And all these things. And <laughs> I did. I walked up to her DJ booth. My arms crossed. and just looked at her and said, where the hell did you come from? <laughs> playing the soundtrack of my life. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it was I like and, then, and honestly, we became fast and furious friends and best oh, friends. And then so that was the end night. of October. And then she's like, hey, I've got a gig on the 2nd of January. It's a thousand people. I need a DJ to do the DJ part. I've got somebody that can handle the karaoke part. Can you, would you be willing to do that? And I'm like, I absolutely love that. And 25 years later, we're the very, very best of friends. And mm -hmm. Mia owns the company. I manage it. And it's grown and expanded into all the things that she just told you. Because all those things didn't exist when, so cool. she, when she had her company all yeah. those years ago. No, it was just DJ and karaoke back then. And now with Dee Dee's management, it has really grown. Especially before COVID. You know, we're still recovering from um, COVID and the, how the, the big shutdown. But, um, yeah, I mean, she, she manages it so well. I mean, before she came to work with me, she was a paralegal with uh, General Mills. And so, you know, she had her own career in her own right, but decided she wanted to get back into music after a big event in her life. And she just needed to recalibrate. This is what I really want to do. I'll let you tell that yeah. story. So that's how that's it worked. I just want to like know your vibe back then because this sounds like so much fun. Like I wish that I would have been a fly on the wall when you two met. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, a, it was, it was a fun vibe then, Allie. And I think that was kind of it too. It was like, you know, and Mia's life was, was very busy. She was a single mom. You know, she had a company that was super busy. She was working already six nights a week, all the things. And it was just one of those things that like, as we started talking, we realized like, in the 80s, we traveled in the same club circuit and never knew each other. We were in the same clubs on the same nights of the week and never met each other. Because it wouldn't necessarily have been the right timing in our lives. Yeah, right. And the irony of all of this is that we were two straight girls working in a gay bar. <laughs> that was the whole irony of it. Like, we were the only two people who worked there. And 
and we were bringing the entertainment. Oh my god, so we, much fun! And it was just, it was <laughs> just so much fun. And honestly, and we have we have been so blessed to do such a tremendous amount of work within the the, the within community. the community for all of these years, and and that's it. It is honestly such a blessing because it has really encouraged us to to expand and to just not say no to things and just be open and. All those things, and all these years later, it's, we're still doing it. And, <laughs> what do yeah. you feel came first? Do you feel your friendship came first, then the business aspect, or was it business yes, and then the for friendship? Sure. For yeah. sure, we became friends, friends right away. And music was our common thread, but you know, once we met, it's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> we're friends right away. I'm sure, like you guys, yeah, when, as soon as you met. No, there was just an energy. They just kept getting us mixed up for each other, and we just get frustrated. And I'd be like, "This is supposed to be your client." <laughs> it's true. <laughs> finally, we I think we finally sat down one day and we're like, "Oh, hey, maybe we should so be friends and yeah. not maybe enemies because we look at each other and go, I don't look like you.'" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was blonde back then, but yeah. I don't know. We were just like, we don't look alike. God, like, it was the boobs. <laughs> it's like blonde and boobs. They yes. all look alike, right? So, <laughs> short with boobs. It's right. like, great. Way to go. Like, yeah. That's awesome. Exactly. That's funny. Nobody's ever mistaken us for each other. <laughs> yeah, and we both have boobs, and I don't get why this doesn't happen. That's weird. So many, aren't there? I feel like I needed to make a sound like this so the listeners didn't think, like, did we just go dead on the air? <laughs> you know, I honestly would tell you that it really depends on the the thing that we're doing. Yeah. Because, you know, when we just look back at, at you know, in the, in the just in the career that we've had together, and we were just talking about this the other night, like, we've done so many amazing things. You know, we performed for, you know, on a, on a cruise ship for a week. We got hired to come on a special entertainment for a oh week. Oh my gosh. You know, I mean, we've, you know, we've done, we've done shows that have been, that have been had, you know, hundreds of people at them and people are super enthusiastic. We've done small, intimate, um, parties for people after a wedding or after a funeral. Like we have yeah. been just part of, of people's lives at mm-hmm. such important places that like I honestly can't tell you that there's a favorite thing. Yeah. There's just and we do this we do this we do this music. I get a little flipped about it. We do this music because it means something to us, but we realize it means something to other people too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you make that connection with somebody, right? Like we made the connection with, with Sam because we came in to check out what we needed to know from a logistical right. standpoint at the chart house and sat down and then just started, you know, just chatting it up with Sam and all of a sudden, she's like, oh, my God, you guys are like Allie and I in, like, a few years. She was very nice to say a few, a few years. <laughs> and a few years. And she was very nice about that. But it was like, see, and it was like that. You yeah. Know? It was like, you know, like, you just take that moment, and then that moment morphs into these yeah. other And things. here we are. So and not here a we car. are. Right. Just like, chit-chat really, and like having some drinks. Making our podcast debut. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel honored. I'm like, over here, like, it's amazing to have you guys on. It is. Can I ask you, like, like, what are your core values that have kept you guys being able to like stay grounded and focused with each other as a team? Um, when Dee Dee and I talked about her coming on board to manage my company. Full time, I would say, because I was working 
with the company still at the time. But so, part-time. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was, yeah. had so a full-time had job. Full-time and job yeah. I had a full-time job. And, and I was then hosting karaoke a night or two a week on the regular. So that's and a so lot. The, yeah. And so then when I made the decision that I wanted to, to come on full-time. So yeah. And so when there. she approached me with the idea, um, I'll be honest, I was a little skeptical. And I was afraid that it was going to interrupt our friendship. Yeah. And so what I said is, that's great. Our core values is our friendship comes first mm. and the business comes second. And so, you know, and we've been doing it ever since. Like, bah. Like, <laughs> has there, has yeah. there been any, really like, ripples where you've had to, like, come back to that core value? Is mm-hmm. there any times that... There have been times when, um, you know... Through the years, we've learned how to communicate with each other mm-hmm. most effectively. And uh, I'm an inside thinker. Didi's an outside thinker. <laughs> and I don't know if you're familiar with that whole thing. But I'm I... an over-communicator. She's... <laughs> That's one way I'm going to walk you through every process and what's going on. And she's just like, yeah, hit me with it at the end. <laughs> yep. See? And so Didi has learned that, you know, sometimes I just need time to process yeah. um, a situation um, but that doesn't, I, I'm also, I'm very malleable and partly why um, we work to get together really well and in this industry because you never know what's going to be thrown at you and you have to go with it. Mm-hmm. But core values is that our communication over and over again, it's really been our ability to communicate with one another in each other's fashion yeah. and, and accommodating each other. Yeah. and how it works best for us individually. Because it's almost like a marriage sometimes. It's like, when do you talk about business and when do you talk right. about like the friendships and what's going on in your life? And I think sometimes it's easy to like skip those conversations because you're just like, oh, we got to talk about this, this, and this, and this. And then like, you know, you got, you're busy and then you got to go do something else and you forget to like sometimes go back to those friendship conversations right of like what's going on with you and where are you at and you're like I forgot to tell you and there's this and there's that and like oh yeah and it's like what you know (laughs) I just stopped in and saw her yesterday and I was like oh hi friend I get to sit on the other side of the bar from you and we actually get to conversate (laughs) that's exactly you know and I will tell you that that's that actually has been part of our part of our our dedication to our friendship is to say you know what we're going to lunch or we're going to happy hour and there will be no business talk yeah you know and we actually just call it can we do some like girlfriend time yeah before we do this thing you know because yeah. things do there it's all of that right and you yeah. get all of the swirl and when it's fun and it's exciting because what we do is fun and exciting yeah it's we we like to talk about it right yeah. and then all you know the just the different things that might come up and that really, for us, was really is, is doing that forward. And then also I would say the other core value that I feel like is really, really strong is that it everything that we do is in the best interest of each other and then in the best interest of the business, mm-hmm. right? So it is, and I want to be very clear, Mia owns the business and I manage the business. She and I together own our evolution of the Diva series. We own that and as we create our next, the next one... That is ours. That's ours together. Mm-hmm. And it has always been very clear, but it's always a conversation of we, our, us moving forward. It's the way that we, it's the way that we speak about the, like we have, um, see, we have independent contractors who we contract to do karaoke shows for us because we can't do them all ourselves. And Mia doesn't, doesn't host anymore. And I do just a couple. Um, but the, even with that, it's a conversation. It's a we, 
It's yeah. an us. It's not a them. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, and that is or really, I. or, or I, there's yeah. no mm-hmm. I in this story. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's the other real big piece for us that's been, that's been really successful is really keeping our eye on like, what's the whole purpose of doing all of this? Yeah. You know? And just having like that person, like knowing when you get upstage, like you got each other's back, you know, each other inside and out, nobody knows you any better. And, and that's where that marriage piece probably comes in a lot too. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like um, in your um, business, combining business and friendship and stuff, do you guys have really designated roles or do you just kind of like go with the flow on whatever is needed? Or how do you guys kind of delegate that of so you both feel like you're doing equal parts or that you're both giving... You know, because sometimes yeah. life hits and the other person might not be able to as much. Like, how do you guys navigate some of those situations? That's really a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, we do both. We have designated jobs. And we also, if, if something else needs to happen, and it's not what I typically do, I'll jump in and do that. And for sure, vice versa. Yeah. yeah. As long as it's not singing. As long as, because, as as, you know, just say, you know, I do it. People just have to sit in the room, but they lock the doors and keep them in there. But yeah, that, that really is it. And, and I think it's really because we've learned to really play to our strong suits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, like I, going back to when we first talked about the business, um, you know, when I first met Mia, you know, I, like I said, she had all of these shows and she was just one person trying to be the single mom, trying to do all the things. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I remember like, I would be at her show and someone who hosted, who was hosting a show for her would just show up and she would go over to her purse and she would whip out her checkbook and she'd write a check and then they'd go away and I'd be like, so, you know, and they'd be, oh, that, you know, so-and-so, you know, they come in and I'm like, well, how do you like know how much to give them? And she goes, oh, they just tell me how many shows they did last week. And I'm like, what? Of course, you know, my, my, my linear brain's like, well, that's, that's not happening. And then these people just randomly show up at any old place to go get paid any day of the week. Like, what is that? So when I came on, one of the first things I did is like, okay, listen, nobody's going to roam in bars and get paid. We're going to have like a payday. Yeah. And it's going to be like on Wednesdays. And then we're like, and she's like, oh my God, this is going to make my life so easy. Right. But when you're just doing what you need to do to keep things functioning, she kept a business functioning at an extremely high level, but it wouldn't have never turned into what it was mm-hmm. if she continued to do the management of her business, Absolutely. the scheduling of the people, the payroll, the invoicing, that all those other things, the bookings, that stuff mm-hmm. that's... Yeah. I was th- doing 17 shows, karaoke shows a week. That's crazy. And managing it yeah. myself. And I'm not a left brain person. Yeah. It's just not my wheelhouse. Right. Same. <laughs> yeah. And I've learned to embrace the fact that, you know, I'm more of a creative type and not such a linear thinker as Didi is. And so it really works well. It yeah. really does. Yeah. And the universe said, and it's time for you two to meet <laughs> exactly. and change the world. Exactly. The world. Take I it to the that. next level. That's yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what are some goals that you guys are working on together as a team and individually? Um, right now, an, a, a short-term goal is the international blues competition that I'm competing in, and Didi has been super instrumental in the details of that, the, mm-hmm. the left brain opportunity. And I don't mean to just pigeonhole you in left brain, because you're right brain, you're hilarious, you're all those things too. That's you're because really I'm sitting brain. at your right hand, it's fine. My <laughs> <laughs> left brain is over here by you. Uh, so that's my immediate goal. And in fact, one of our goals we've talked about 
is talking about our long-term goals after the immediate goal is accomplished. Yeah. Yeah, in Memphis. Mm-hmm. I think you need to say more about that. I feel like people don't know that. How did that come, how did that come into fruition for you? So, um, we have a good friend, Erin McCauley, who competed in the Road to Memphis competition. It's sponsored by the Minnesota Blues Society. And there's blues societies all over the United States and, in fact, all over the world. And these blues societies sponsor um, acts, bands, and solo duos, uh, acts to go to Memphis once a year and compete against each other. And so Scott Graves and I won for the Minnesota Road to Memphis in the solo duo category. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Goosebumps. I know, right? Goosebumps. So literally, we're going to go and we compete on the 24th and 25th of January for sure and um, against solo duo artists from all over the world. It's pretty so fun. Cool. In the blue genre. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Super stoked. So when you talk about the goals, that for sure has been my focus, our focus for... For weeks actually months mm-hmm. and Scott and I've been rehearsing every week and uh, we've written a couple of songs together and we've come up with other songs that we want to compete with so the first two days we compete for 25 minutes each day okay and then when we make the semifinals I love it that's mm-hmm. right speaking uh, into then it's a 30 minute competition okay and it's just the two of us and so then um, on the finals day it's only 20 minutes but um, uh, it's it's tough competition. When I went to support Aaron uh, in 2020, uh, we went and we scoped out all the other artists that were performing, and it was it was really fun. It was exciting. There was a lot of camaraderie uh, among the blues fans um, from all over the world. It was super cool to meet people. But but yeah. So talking about goals, that's an immediate goal. It's a big one. It's kind of hard to see. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a milestone. So right. you know how it is. It's like after that happens, Focus. then this yes. will happen. So yeah. that's how the IBC, the International Blues Competition, is for me and for Dee Dee in our lives right now. But there there are long-term goals. But right now, all that's I see is focus. Memphis. <laughs> yeah. Right. So how about you? Exactly. And then I think the other piece of it is is the development of our Evolution of the Diva series yeah. Yeah. and to add the, and to add those divas in, right? And it's, you know, we, we're in town, you know, in, in Minnesota and in St. Paul, Minneapolis-St. Paul area, there is, we are so concentrated with such incredible talent yeah. in mm-hmm. this area. And so you, you don't duplicate what somebody else is doing, mm-hmm. right? right? So you yeah. got to find the one. And then people are really, really respectful of, like, you just don't go and do one. If somebody else is doing it, you just leave it alone and, you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so it is the, the development of that and then expanding that into other venues. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a goal about doing some stuff in a travel way with yeah. that. Um, and then, you know, we, we were positioned prior to COVID, we were positioned to look at doing some entertainment stuff in the winter outside of Minnesota for short spurts of time, you know, and then COVID had other plans, but yeah. right. But that doesn't mean that we, that's those things can't yeah, still right. be that. So when we look that kind of long range, it very much is, you know, it's, it's all the music based stuff. Yeah. It's, it's finding more places and spaces to bring joy to people. Oh, that's, I love that. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Purpose feels passion. I always say that. And that's mm-hmm. a great one. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What are some things that you guys do to like, 
keep yourself um, like centered during all this, right? And you're around so much. I I would say you're around so many other energies. You're performing that requires so much from you. You're preparing. You do all of these things on a constant basis. How do you fill your own cup? And what are things that you do to keep yourself full so that you can keep giving and sharing joy and spreading this amazing music and changing lives? That's another great question. It is. Um, I would say that for me personally, it, the, when, and again, I'm just going to say it like, so in 2020, you know, we literally went from the peak of the business to being leveled to nothing within the stroke of a moment on the clock. Hmm. Five o'clock on the 17th of, 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 March. of March of 2020 just leveled us. And that was really jarring because it's what we've done. It's what Mia's been doing. You know, she's been doing what you've invested in. It's what I, you know, have been doing. And yet we knew that there was not a moment where we thought we're going to just suddenly go do something else. Hmm. We are meant to do this and we are, this is how it's going to be. And so we kept that as the focus. And one of the things prior to that is that both of, uh, both of us were way overextending ourselves. We were saying yes to everybody, yes to everything, not wanting. And I, and I am a recovering people pleaser. I say that all the time. Same. Um, right, Sam. Right? And when you're a recovering people pleaser, because you never quite get no over boundaries. it. No you, boundaries. You get the better boundaries. And I really became a far better boundary mm-hmm. person about what I would say yes to and who I would say it's yes like to. like a fresh start. Absolutely. And so I really focused on the people who filled my cup, not the people who were just wanting to take from my cup. Right. And people don't mean to be that way. No. I truly believe they don't mean to be that way. But when you are willing to give, they're going to take all you're willing to give, mm-hmm. you know. And I come from a mom who knew no, knew there was no bottom to her well. She would give and give and give and give. And so that's what I grew up with modeling, right? And loved that and admired that about her. Mm-hmm. But then realized that if you allow it, people will take advantage of that. Yeah. And it wasn't people in my most inner circle, and it certainly wasn't Mia. But it was what I was just giving out, working so Freely. much, being yeah. out in the environment so much. So I just decided to reel that back in. Right. And still be present and fun and entertaining with, with everybody, but just giving what I wanted to give, but not needing to take on their energy. Mm. And that really is it. And then I really, I spend a considerable amount of time doing self-development stuff. That's why I said earlier that I'm a big fan of podcasts. When you look at my list, it's about stuff that challenges me. It's about stuff that makes me think differently and, or, you know, just that kind of thing. And then it's, I keep the connection with my core people. Mm. We have this, we have this, um, this joke that we have this this island. If we had to go live on this island and we could only take twenty five people, yeah, they would be our islanders. I like and that. And that's it. And we could only have those people. And then we started realizing, like, okay, no offense to anybody listening, but it was kind of hard to think about twenty five people I want to live with for yeah, the rest of my life. That's for sure. <laughs> sometimes I think I don't know if I want to live with me for the rest of my life. I annoy me. I'm like, you're you know, we're sometimes. gonna bring them on just in case something bad happens. <laughs> I mean, or bring them. I, you know, like, yeah, but what if send them out. Built. We have skills. <laughs> We're going to be builders, right? And then we're like, okay, now we're creating a community. What are we doing? We're like starting to rule the world. But anyway, and so, and so what we just, what, what we, that's how kind of we talk about it. It's like, if I only had those 25 people for the rest of my life to ever tap into, who are those people mm. that really, that they, they see me, they value me. And that's where my focus has really come. And that doesn't mean I only talk to those people, yeah. but those are the people who get the best of me. Energy, yeah. And then, and then I'm, because what was happening is I was giving the best of me to everybody. 
else. And they weren't and then the, cherishing. Then my islanders were getting the rest right, of him. Yeah. And now they get the best first I get and that. everybody else gets the rest. It's like the oxygen mask analogy. Put yours on before you put other people's on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What is it in your self-development? Has there been anything recently that has kind of like struck you and that you've learned that you would like to share at all? One of my... one of other than you guys, of course, one of my other favorite podcasts that I love is A Slight Change of Plans. And Dr. Maya Shunker, she interviews people who've had things that have happened in their lives that suddenly changed the course of their life. Mm. And I think in really listening to that and then also the happiness lab and really learning like what happiness really is and like how we have to really work against our brains mm-hmm. that tell us lies all the time and feed us full some crap about really what happiness right. is, right? And so in those two, what I've taken with both of those is that I have far more, uh, far more ability and an agency over the decisions that I make in my life and how I respond to those than I ever believed before. Mm. And I, I think I've always known it, but now it's like, wait a minute. Like the other day I was going, I was, I was going out for the day and I'm like, today's going to be a great day. And you know why today's going to be a great day? Because I said, it's going to be a great day. And then later in the day, I encountered somebody who was just not of my energy and they were like, "Mm." and I literally said to myself, um, you said it was going to be a great day. (laughs) And I'm like, you did say it was going to be a great day. And it changed my interaction with that person. I, it just, it set that place. Like you just said, Sam, it set that place like where I cut a boundary Mm -hmm. and you don't get to, you don't get to come into my space like Mm -hmm. that. You're in my physical space, but you don't get to be in my energy force. Well, and I'm not going to give you that. Like, you don't get the power to like change the directive of my day. It's my choice. That's not Well, even this moment. You don't even get this moment. Yes. Because nobody could, nobody And that's what they want so much. Like when people are in such a negative space or they're going through stuff, which is usually usually what it stems from right like they're dealing with so much on their own it it it, it's like misery loves company and they want the reaction it validates where they're at it makes them feel better it makes them feel powerful it makes them I, I heard the best analogy the other day and they said like if you're walking with a glass of wine and your wine is filled and somebody comes and they bump into you and the wine spills right and is it your fault that you had the wine or is it the person's fault that bumped into you? And so you have your reaction that you can have. But what's spilling out of the wine cup isn't from the person that bumped into you. It's from what's inside of the cup. It's from what's inside of you. And oh. so it's like how, you know, so when somebody's reacting to you in that it's what's holding, it's spilling out of them. It's what's spewing out of yourself. It's not the person that bumped into you. It's what you have in your cup and you're holding. Mm-hmm. And it was just so good because it was like, yeah, like what are you holding in your cup? What do you have? And, you know, when you spill it, is it your responsibility or is it theirs? It was just a good reminder of like, it's not their fault. And why is this stirring up this reaction in me? Right. You know, what's mm-hmm. in there? And I, I, it was super, obviously kind of a, I, I do really good with those type of literal, um, uh, stories of like putting a picture to it. And like, uh, for me, a life changing event was when I started looking at my energy, like money, kind of how you were talking, but it was like five, $300 a day. And I'm giving like 10 bucks to the lady who bumped into me at the grocery store. And I'm giving like 
you know, 20 bucks to my kids and then I'm giving this much and I'm just like handing out all this money, but I'm not getting anything in return. I didn't go to the gym, so I didn't not getting that filled. I'm not doing all of that. It's like I'm going negative and every day I'm going negative and who's adding to that and who's not. And that was like a life changing and it's so simple. But for some reason, when it was put into that term, it was like there was an actual tangible piece to energy and you don't have this unlimited set of energy all day like this right. doesn't happen and i think people believe that you should mm -hmm. i think people believe like oh you just should like if you're a happy person you should just have this like unending wealth of energy or you're just born <clears throat> like oh i wish i was like had that it's like right. you don't, you're not just we're all born with the same amount it's just how you Use handle it, it. absolutely <laughs> um, and i think too like what, was, what struck me in your analogy was like you know if it's if in, a, in the analogy of this of the spilled wine is there a third option that like it just was mm -hmm. that it just was mm -hmm. for whatever reason like it wasn't your fault it wasn't their fault it just happened mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right like you know but I think that people want to be able to say I want to assign that to somebody I want yeah. to either take responsibility for myself which I'm not a big I'm a big one on taking responsibility mm -hmm. if you own it own it do something with it and then make a, make amends or make a situation where you're not going to do it again which yeah. is the greatest amend you can ever mm -hmm. do is to not repeat the thing you just did Right. But I just think like people want to assign something and they like to assign it to somebody else so that it removes us from our own personal responsibility. Yeah. Where 100 percent, like I say all the time, the only things that you are in control of is everything that happens right here. Yeah. Right here. Everything. You're in control of what you see. You're in control of what you hear. You're in control of what you say. You're in control of what you think. You're in control of what goes in and out of your mouth. This is it. This is the zone. And I say it's like this. It's like a C. This is your control zone, right? And it happens like that. And so if you know that, and those are the things you can control, the rest of it you might be able to influence in the world. But even that is a pretty minimal list mm -hmm. of things, right? Yeah. So if we just focus on this, man, that'll take up all of your space, and that's where your joy lives. It's not as mm. fun, though, and it is really hard <laughs> I do you know I did find a point though in my healing where I did have to learn though that I was taking responsibility for things that weren't mine because it was easier to just be like yeah it was my fault or yep it was you know because it was better than um having a uh dis disagreement and it was easier it was almost self-deprecating though in a way and that kind of went to the people pleasing so for me I did hit a point where I was like I'm taking probably too much responsibility mm -hmm. in this, but it's not all mine to take, but I can take responsibility that I put myself in this place to mm -hmm. be in this situation. And that was a little bit to like get through too. Cause, and it was like a, it was a friend of mine that we're friends, but we weren't and they were like, what are you saying sorry for? You know? And they're like, why are you taking responsibility for that? I'm like, cause it's just easier. They're mm -hmm. like, yeah, but do you know that every time you do that, you're lessening the effect of like when you're really sorry. And then it's also self-deprecating, like you're bringing yourself down and they're like, that's not you. Like you're here, like you haven't. And I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> like That's a lot to take on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it changes. It is deep. And I'm pretty sure we, it was probably somebody at the bar too or something, you know, but it was one of those moments of like, oh, wow. And I, I, it's that it's easier to just go with it than to have a disagreement or to be like, nope, I don't agree with that. But learning to stick up for yourself too is hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to like get your voice and like be like, well, I don't agree with that and we can disagree, but I, my feelings are still valid in mm -hmm. this.
And that's like, because I'm shaking. <laughs> I'm right. of tears and I'm shaking. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Oh my God, I shit my pants. Like. And Mia, have you gone through that kind of being in this industry and being the stage performer with all a bunch of different egos? and? Yeah, there are times I definitely have to take a step back. But I, like you, Samantha, I'm, I struggle with confrontation. And I am more likely to be self-deprecating and say, oh, I'm sorry. Or it's okay. No problem. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And so, you know, age is a beautiful thing. It does help you to learn my boundaries more. Hmm. And um, through friendships and, uh, you know, confrontation isn't that bad. I'm not going to curl up and die and whoever I have a, a problem with isn't going to curl up and die either. Right. If you do it with respect and for yourself and for the other person, you can get through uh, a situation that could be confrontation and, or where you just need to plain say what you need. And uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been growing, you know, through all the years as far as, you know, just in life, mm. whether it's business or you know, with my son, who's now 30, uh, or with, you know, my significant others uh, throughout the years. And, you know, that communication is really uh, one of my focuses that I need to learn on being more direct mm -hmm. and, and not self-deprecating. Mm -hmm. And just, this is what I need. Yeah. Help me out. If you can't, that's okay. I'll find it somewhere else. You know, we were both single moms forever too and I know that that's part of your story and I feel like it's really hard to learn how to ask for help mm -hmm. because I think you just get so used to being in that masculine role of like I'll just take care of it I'll just do it because then I know it's done mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about somebody else doing it and two like there's that vulnerability of putting it into somebody else's hands and having to build that trust and do that. And that is very different to change. Like it's, it's been hard for me to learn how to be like, what do I need? And like, how do I even say it? Because it's a lot easier to just be like, yeah, you just do it that way and that's fine. And then I'll just kind of fix it or I'll do the things that's needed or we can just listen to your music. But it's like, no, like I, how do I say what I actually want in the moment mm -hmm. without taking care of it myself? Mm -hmm. Because if I'm being honest, I don't want to take every care of everything myself yeah. right? at all. Yeah. You know, it's like you want help and it feels really good. I'm sure like when you guys partnered up to release that side of it, that it's like, this is not my strength. Mm -hmm. But like, it's really amazing because then you get to put and pour into your strength, which is like only going to make you better mm -hmm. and more successful in every area. Whereas, like, when you're fiddling with the stuff that doesn't, it's hard. It's hard to do that. It is. What was the last thing that you gave up? What was the last thing that you surrendered to something or said, I'm going to ask somebody to help me with this? Like, when was the last thing you were able to do? Oh, it's hard. I started <clears throat> dating somebody not that long ago, and it was like, it's that, that it's hard. It was hard. It's more of, like the those types of relationships for me that are really tough to navigate because I've been single for three years and I have my people around me you know and I have the people that I feel comfortable to ask because you're not going to be denied or 
uh, rejected is really what it comes down to, right? Uh, They're not going to reject you. And it's usually pretty, um, it's, but that's where this podcast has helped me because I feel like almost every week we're doing something new that is outside of our comfort zones, mm-hmm. uh, meeting new people on a new subject that you have to learn where previously I would have just been like, Oh, I'm not going to get into that. That's not my strength. Whereas like now you want to show up and you want to have some kind of knowledge and you want to understand what you're doing and what you're going to be talking about. And so it really pushes you outside of those comfort zones. So like business wise, I would say this has been really great for that of constantly like, I'm nervous. I don't really want to do it, but you're going to because you're doing, you know, you have to in a way, like you've committed and you're going to do this. You have to push past that comfort zone. Yeah. But relationship wise, that is where I've kind of like, eh, like, I think it's, it's, it's hard to trust somebody new. It's hard to integrate somebody into your life, especially I have a 16 year old and a three year old and it's a lot. And it's hard to keep your goals and yourself in mind and, be selfish about that and not selfish but that's where the people pleasing comes into play for me all the time like I just want everybody to be happy and then all of a sudden when you're doing that you don't even realize that you're giving energy into things and you're like oh wait a second like I've lost sight of my goal here Mm -hmm. like I've lost sight of the things that I need for myself and um there's just that fear of like I'm stuck or I'm putting time into something that's not going to give back or just all of the things. Mm -hmm. So that's a tough area for me. I would say I haven't been the most, uh, like, uh, what's the word, successful in that area in something, pushing past something like that. But I'm working on it and I'm putting myself in positions to practice it. So Mm -hmm. little wins. I just realized, like, like, you know, because it sounds like you've got a really good core of people around you as well, mm. right? And yeah. you've got Allie, right? I mean, yeah. so, you know, like, you know, like, you're, even if you fall, your head isn't going to hit the ground. Yeah. Right? Like, that's, like, my analogy. Like, I'm going to fall, I'm going to slip, but Mia's never going to let my head hit the ground, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and I feel like I've said to Mia about this, like, she spoiled me, like, with friendships, which is why, like, I have this s- smaller group of people because it's... A qual- I, as I know tons of people and I have tons of really good friends I have tons of friends I have tons of friends but my actual like core group of people has gotten smaller because my standards have gotten higher mm-hmm. right and like I need to know like okay you're gonna at least like help break my fall and right and you're gonna do those things and what I realize is like it makes it harder to want to bring someone new into my fold which is what I'm hearing you say yeah Right, to bring somebody in because you're like, listen, this is a pretty high standard that I live with now because my people are like such badasses <laughs> that you better be yeah. a badass too. And yeah. the second you're first not a badass, then you know Yeah, you have to meet I think me we here. forget that there were times that that our badasses weren't badasses. Yeah. There were times that they hurt our feelings. There were times that they weren't there for us. There were moments that we felt lonely and they didn't realize it or that we didn't go to them, that we just pushed through and did our thing or whatever it was, like I think, at least for me, I realize like <clears throat> sometimes I've tended to forget that, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's kind of what it, it, it sounds like a little bit of a parallel, like yeah, because you know, because what what the listeners can't do is see Allie's head bobbing, and <laughs> yeah. I, can hear, I can see Mia's head bobbing out of my right, like yeah, yeah you know, and and I just feel like that's 
you know, kind of the same, same. Would you say that's the same for you? I would, uh, but I would also say to you, Samantha, that, you know, you are challenging yourself every week. You know, you, you do that. You say, I just do it because I made the commitment. No, you've made this decision. Yeah. And really pat yourself on, you are a badass. Yeah. <laughs> She's holding up a sign that says you're a badass. You are a badass. <laughs> I love, I love that. that you keep that with you. <laughs> yeah, really. Yes. But, you know, for me, I, I, I love to challenge myself. And, yeah. Um, and, but also, I mean, I'm single and um, bringing somebody new into the fold is very different. It's very difficult, especially when you have friendships that are so rock solid. Because anybody I date isn't just dating me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're dating Dee Dee. They're dating my son, although he lives in another state now. But to some degree, it's you know all of me is my friends and me and your career and my career. And yeah, is, and it and takes my business, a special which is all person. Challenging and very different. Yeah, you know, I mean. They have to be confident to see you up there and to support you. They have to have a certain sort of, you know, support. Like, you want them to be your biggest fan, but not be, um, like, uh, jealousy of it, right? Because yeah. that can come along. To, like, there's just... The green-eyed Like monster. you said, it's like yeah. you set your standards so high. And I think when you work on yourself so much and you get to that place, it really takes... It's nice because it weeds out all the shitty people, you know, <laughs> yes, yeah. but it really takes a certain person. And that's where I really feel like when they say, oh, you know, when you know, and I think that's really true because there's uh-huh. certain qualities that are required in order to meet you where you're at. Uh-huh. And it's a beautiful thing, but it can also be a little lonely. Sometimes it can, too. very much so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, you know, hoping to find somebody who is solid in their own world, right. doing their own thing with you know their own friends and so my world they can embrace it yeah uh, and not be intimidated by it yeah. right um not that i'm an intimidating person or my world is so perfect but you get no. what I mean. yeah but yeah you get what i mean it's just i have a very full world in my own right and mm-hmm. what i do and so you know it's it's great and so oh yeah i'm hoping to find somebody it's all about meeting in the middle Exactly. Mm-hmm. Compromise. Mm-hmm. I feel like My you kind of have a little bit of that too, Allie, like in your world of just your business and what you're doing. You're, you really are in a place of like strength and it's hard to find, right? I mean, you guys have kind of had issues in that. Yeah, we separated for a couple of years because of it, because it was kind of like we changed roles. I was at home for a long time and he was the breadwinner and then I became the breadwinner and then he didn't, we switched roles and he didn't like that. He didn't like being daddy daycare. You know? uh-huh. So we had to find our balance within everything. And now I will say because of that separation and everything that we went through, we're the strongest we probably have ever really been. Wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do we have our issues? Yeah. Does every couple? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I went into his world and I needed to find my world and not be that codependent person. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you learn. We got together really young. We didn't even know who we were at the time. And so we had to either grow together or you grow apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. My boyfriend and I met when I was almost 43 and he was almost 45. <clears throat> so it'll be 16 years. Week after next, actually, we'll be in Memphis on our 
16th anniversary of exactly. us meeting. And we've, we've decided to never get legally married, so we kind of count this as like yeah. our anniversary day. Um, <clears throat> but it's a very similar thing. He had his world. I had my world. Our world still exists, and then we meld our worlds together, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, he's he's a guy who gets up at 4.30 in the morning, and he's out the door by 6 for work, and sometimes I'm not coming in the door until 2 in the morning, <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. And there he is. Sometimes yeah. we only see, like this whole, Same. Like, last week we've only seen each other sleeping, you know, <laughs> so I know he's still there. I can hear him breathing. I know he's still alive, <laughs> right? You know, we text a little bit during the day or whatever. Um, you know, and that's worked really well for us. We're very non-conventional in that way. Yeah. You know, lots of couples are like, well, I don't even know how you guys do it. And I'm like, listen, after this many years, if he wanted to be everywhere I was and he wanted, I wanted to be everywhere he was, we drive each other crazy. Right. Exactly. You know, and we're doing really well, you know, and that's worked really well. And he's the kind of guy who's like, honey, I don't think you've spent enough time with your girlfriends lately. You need, mm. you know, when was the last mm-hmm. time that you saw so-and-so or, you know, He's that guy. He's he's exactly what that is. And he's not the guy that um, needs to come to every gig. He's not the guy that needs to come to every show. We kind of have this, our, our catchphrase is, do you really want me to do that? <laughs> that's our that's our phrase. And if one of us says yes, like if it's going to a party or a dinner or whatever it is, do you really want me to do that? We only say it if like, we can tell like, I don't really want to do it, but I'll do it if you ask me. <laughs> and then if one of us says yes, then we just always, always go. And then it's always the great, right? Yeah. But oftentimes we're like, no, it's really okay if you don't. Yeah. Right. You know, and that, you know, and but I was very, very fortunate. I waited a long time for him yeah. mm-hmm. and a long time for that right, that right, that right person. And, yeah. you know, and I'm, and I'm very blessed to have him. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure he knows we're here. <laughs> I mean, he's going to say, like, honey, how was your day? And I'm going to be like, oh my God, like this podcast was so awesome. And like, but it like, makes what? it like, fun because every know, time yeah. you get together, you have something to talk about and you're excited. You know, sometimes when you're correspondents all day, it's like you get together and you're like, yeah. We already right. talked all day. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And, you know, and that's, and that's kind of, we joke that like, thank God we've lived together for this many years because I don't know. Like, <laughs> we would never see I each mean, other. seriously, it's just, right. and yet it'll be very sweet because we'll be gone for, we'll be gone for eight days in Memphis. And he will say to me every day, this house isn't the same without you, Aww. not without your energy, not without you yeah. right there on the other side. Like when I wake up in the morning and there you are, yeah. like it's that, you know, and, and that's just, that's the beauty of it. And yeah. it's, you know, and I think that's, what's super cool that is coming into play now is just people <laughs> writing their own, not rules, but their own standards and their own relationship and what mm-hmm. works for them. Yeah. Like you don't have to have this traditional marriage. You don't have to have traditional roles. You don't have to have any of these things. You just need to do what works for you guys. You do. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how many other people want to insert their opinions into like your relationships and like how you're doing it. Like it's like, well, last time I checked, we weren't dating you too, you know, like... And, and if you are, are you like, start picking up the tab once in yeah, a while. exactly. <laughs> like, pay some child support. You know, like, right. jump and on in there. Part of the rent. Yes, you know? exactly. I really like Do you share? <laughs> but it it is, and like, I we have conversations, and I'm like, is there a way to like date a man who gives me my like emotional stability? Right. <laughs> and, like, date another guy over here and have that. Like, can you just can have, we just like, be French? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Like, is that a possibility? (laughs) I feel like they all have like their husband and then their lover. (laughs) So if you're from France, come on this podcast and tell us the truth. (laughs) Or I don't even know. You know what it is? It's like just figuring out what works for you. And I love like the non-conventional ways that people make it fit into their lives because it's so cool. And you see it and it's it's. 
obvious. Like, they don't feel the need to sit and tell everybody, like, oh, we're great, you know? Because it just is. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I love hearing those stories. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think it's, you know, and I think it's your generation and the, and the generations younger than you that are the ones that are changing that. That are yeah. the ones that are saying, sorry, we don't have conventionality about who's home right. and do, are we having kids? And no, yeah. we're not having kids. Or right. like my niece who has one and she's like, that's it. I'm having no more. And my boyfriend's like, I really want, I really want, you know, little Wesley Puck to have a brother or a sister. I'm like, it's not coming out of her body. I'm just telling you that right now. Like, she's told you that. Like, she may marry somebody that has children, but that's how that's going to happen, right? And and yet he's like, oh, but right, because he's, you know, he's old school. He grew up with three brothers and sisters. He wants that for him, right? Because we just interject what we think has been the best thing forever. Exactly. Yeah. Mia's son is an only child. And he flourished out of being an only child because yeah. then he became like the person who wanted to chat with all the adults. He was mm-hmm. seven right. years old and he's like hanging with the adults <laughs> and, you know, and like the coolest kid ever. And seriously, like it just, yeah, I think we just need to like take ourselves out of the equation and stop, stop projecting. Exactly. And unless you're going to, like we said, unless you're going to like pick up the tab for dinner, you're going to pay some rent <laughs> and send some child support. Then your opinion's got some backing. <laughs> Otherwise, stay in your Exactly. <laughs> We're literally spinning on a round ball. Like, it doesn't really all matter. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I have a question for you. Um, what is what has it been like for you raising an adult? I mean, obviously, you're not raising your adult child. But, like, how is it having an adult child? Or, you know, your child being – you can't you even call them a child when they're an adult. Like, I don't even know the proper word. I'm trying to get it out, but I think you get what I'm asking. Like, how has your guys' relationship changed throughout, like, your career? I mean, him growing up. Like, what is that like? Because I feel like I have a teenager, and I am just in the dark. So give yeah. me all the advice. Well, uh, my son's name is Will. He and I are in a really good place now. Um so, mm, me and Will's story is different and challenging in its own way. Okay. Um, he, like Dee Dee said, is a super cool kid and an only child who's very self-confident, could talk to anybody, just had this really good self-confidence. But when he was 15, he started using drugs. Hmm. And so, from the age of 15 to 25, he was into meth and other drugs as well. But Mm -hmm. um, so that I didn't realize the depth of his drug use. So, meth is sneaky. Yeah. And um, so, I didn't realize uh, as soon as I wish I would have. Um, he is sweet and says, Mom, it wouldn't have made any difference <laughs> whatsoever. And you know what? I was off doing my own thing. And, but anyway, so so now he is clean and sober mm. for almost five years. Oh, yeah. that is awesome. Congratulations, Jesus. Will. That yes. is incredible. It is. Isn't it, though? Beautiful. Yeah. And, um, you know, before he got sober, I started in Al-Anon. And a good friend of mine suggested... And that it was really a good choice for me, and I learned a lot about yeah. communication and codependence mm-hmm. through Al-Anon. And uh, so he moved out of state. That's how he chose to get sober yeah. and put himself in treatment in mm-hmm. Arizona. He's still there. He works in a treatment center now. Oh, uh-huh. so awesome. Yeah, he's the marketing so awesome. director. Yeah, and he is just fantastic. He's yeah. doing so great. 
He and his girlfriend are pregnant. I get to be a grandma. <gasps> Congratulations. And, and have a warm place to go. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he and I have had a struggle. Yeah. Um, but my baby boy is back. Oh, you know, I, I see his really wonderful personality traits that he had before he started doing drugs mm. and his drug addicts are very selfish people mm. yes very this and I know. it's not who they are it's a part of the addiction right mm-hmm. and uh, maybe it's who they are for a time but you know that sweet wonderful human being is always there yeah and i believed that and it really is true and so he's he lives his life helping other people mm. he found true. his purpose he found his purpose and yeah, so he's doing fantastic. And me being an entertainer um, definitely affected our lives. You know, it was great, especially when he was a little kid, because I could be with him all day. Mm-hmm. He'd, um, you know, go to bed at 8 o'clock, or I'd drop him off at the sitter at 7.30. He'd go to bed at 8, 8.30. I'd pick him up at one one thirty in the morning bring him home he'd wake up in his own bed mm-hmm. you know and, and I can relate my mom was a family. bartender <laughs> she used, I used to go to my grandma's and she would haul me at like 2 30 in the morning after she got done at the bar and mm-hmm. there you, go. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know you learn to sleep and you do yeah so it actually worked out really well um especially when he was young but when he got to be a teenager it was more challenging uh because he didn't have the supervision that I wish he right. would have Right. And there were times when I took times off, you know, I stopped working as much mm-hmm. in the evenings, but by that time it was really kind of too late. Right. Well, so they say you do that stuff one time too, and you're addicted when you try it one time, I've heard, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Mm-hmm. Kind of so bringing, oh, go ahead. It's frightening Yeah. what's happening um, in the young world. It is, drugs it and, is. Um, it's all like pills and stuff. I have teenage boys, so it's like I'm constantly just like, what are, what are you doing? And they're just staring at me. I'm not doing drugs, Mom. <laughs> Good for you. Yes. <laughs> and they well, hate you know, me right now, but I'm like, I'm not your friend. <laughs> I'm your parent. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and that was, I think, one of the things when Will said to you, you know, Mom, it wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. You know, it took you a long time to start to embrace that, mm-hmm. to let go of your guilt right about what you thought you should be able to control and that was one of the great gifts of Al-Anon was that you learned that you can't control it right you, you can't create it right you know and I, what I would say to anybody in in your listening audience is that if you've got somebody in your life who's suffering with addiction get yourself to an Al-Anon program mm-hmm. get yourself to Al-Anon mm-hmm. or and you know NA or whatever it is get yourself there and get around people who understand your story because when you were talking about like people who have opinions in Will's in Will's drug life, um, everybody had opinions. Everybody yeah. had opinions. I would say I had opinions. Um, because I was part of the program before me, it was part of the Al-Anon program. I understood some things and I just had to wait it out. And that part was really hard because right. every week I was going to Al-Anon because another good friend of ours was an alcoholic and and so yeah, I needed Al-Anon in order to understand that dynamic and so every week I just literally wanted to just put me in the car and drive her to this workshop Mm -hmm. you know to this to this meeting and and I knew that I couldn't I'm like practice your Al-Anon principles when it is her time it is her time and all the things and so um 
that was that was an interesting space. You know, when you talk about like, was there a space for conflict in our friendship? And it wasn't because I thought that she should do something different. It was because it was hard to listen to other people tell her things. Yes. And then have her internalize it and then have her taking on things that I knew weren't hers to take on. Right. But I couldn't be the one to tell her that. She had to hear it from an outside person. Even like when your very best friend can't be the one to tell you something because they're just so close to it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I remember my mom... Uh, my mom and Will had a really wonderful relationship, just a, and my dad also. And, and so when I said to my mom, you know, that, that Will was using, and she said, he's a good boy trying to be a bad boy. Mm. He's a good boy trying to be mm-hmm. a bad boy. He's, and I hung on to that, you know, even after my mom died, because it was a few years before Will got, a good chunk of years before Will got sober after that. But even in that time, when he was using, he went to my mom's bedside the night before she died. Because he knew he needed to see her. Yeah. So that's how we knew that, shows that those heart. moments were in yeah. there. And I will tell you that it was Mia's belief in him and always giving him a space to come home to. That for her, then that scenario that allowed that. And lots of it, your boyfriend at the time and you, I mean, it was, she had to live in a different space with her son, even though she owned a house with her boyfriend. There was a lot that she navigated to try to keep those worlds separate mm-hmm. and to allow herself to not have to give up her relationship with the man she loved, but also not to have to make her because you know she's like don't make me choose yeah you know and so there was just a lot that happens in the behind the scenes and I think that that's one of the things that both me and I have found in the course of our careers of being entertainers is that people will say to us like I can't imagine knowing what you're going to like the you know mm-hmm. you've had the death of, of your dad the death of your sister I had the death of both of my parents you know Will's drug addiction and just other stuff that's happened and yet we're out there on a stage and we're out there in front of people and People are like, I don't even get how you can do it. And you're like, this is my respite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is my place that I get to go that's safe until you guys decide you want to talk to me about right. it. And it's yes. me trying to be entertaining. But it was that. You know, it yeah. was that. And I think that that's the piece where you have to take that space where you say, what's going to keep, when you asked the question earlier, like, what mm-hmm. keeps you grounded? Mm-hmm. What are those things? It's staying true to the thing that you know that really nourishes you. Yeah. And no matter what, feed that. Yeah. Other things will continue to happen. You know, the world, right. you know, I think we get in this place like where we believe like the world's going to stop if we don't do X, Y, and Z. And the reality is if we don't even do the other 23 letters in the alphabet, <laughs> the world is going to go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Tomorrow's still coming. Tomorrow's still coming. No matter what we do. I yeah. want to know, do you guys have like alter egos when you go on stage? Like, do you have to like put on a different personality? I think that would be hard for me sometimes to like, oh, I got to go on and perform and be Dolly Parton. Yeah. Uh, it's a great question. And um, it used to be m- more of a difference for me. I think the more I've performed or whatever, it, the two have come together more. Mm-hmm. But uh, as Dee just mentioned, it can be when there's uh, turmoil in my personal life mm. to get on stage and to be able to focus on that. Uh, it really is the respite. It's the salvation. It's music therapy for me. Uh, it's all of those things. But I am one person now. I used to be have a like a Mia door. Oh, it, oh, I'm in the Mia door mode, you <laughs> yes. know. But it, 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 I'm everywhere where I go. <laughs> you know, yeah. all of me is, um, especially now. Yeah. I think too, like, 
you know, as a performer, or just like even us, when you're not in the mood to do it, right? You're just like, oh, I really don't feel like doing that today. And then you do it, though, and you get through it, and it's like, I'm so glad I did that today. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. a weird accomplishment. Like, you fought your flesh in a way, and like you said, chose to have a good day despite mm-hmm. how you were feeling. Mm-hmm. And not everybody gets those opportunities all the time. And I think when you are performing and you have that, you have those opportunities to exercise, putting that into practice a mm-hmm. lot more <laughs> yeah. because of what's required. Yeah. yeah. I think, too, because we've also realized that it's the people on the other side, right? Yeah. They're there. Maybe they've had a bad day. Maybe they just got bad medical news. Maybe yeah. they're going through the right? We know tons of people who had those experiences and we've walked that journey with them and honestly some people that have like literally I remember one guy said I just want you to know that the night I came to your show was going to be my last night oh. it was going to be my last night and it changed my mind oh. and you don't we don't know that like no. I will never take on that responsibility right but just to know that like that's a big thing somebody like, every time again I would say to the listeners Everybody has something to offer in this world. Mm. Say the thing that's on your heart. Say hello to the person who doesn't say hello to you back. Give somebody the compliment. Mm. Make the eye contact. Do the thing. Give give the guy in the corner a dollar. Give the bartender an extra tip. Do something nice because it just might be the thing that they needed. And if you're feeling like you don't want to do it, it's the exact time for you to do it. That's the exact time for you to get out and do the thing. I love that. Yeah. I do too. That's just, yeah, that's, because everybody thinks that it's somebody else that's going to make the difference. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I love that. I just have like goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I'm over here like, preach it, girl. Exactly. Get up on that soapbox. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. <laughs> it's been so fun to talk to you ladies. And I love the advice. And, you know, I was going to, my last question was, what what is advice that you have for our listeners in chasing a dream and uh, finding who they are? And I feel like you just kind of like... Mm-hmm nailed that Mm -hmm. but do you guys have any advice and do you want to share some information on shows that you're going to be doing here locally and around that people can catch you on my advice and sitting in these chairs looking at you two and and your friendship is to really nurture friendships in your life i know so many people that are really truly lonely yeah and if you have friendships like you have, and like Dee Dee have, you know, other things. <laughs> Men in my life come and go. <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriends remain. Yes. It's <laughs> but really foster those friendships in your world, the good and the healthy ones with good communication. That's what I would say. Yeah. I think mine would be, I think just along the lines of what I just said, like, there is no life on this earth that is inconsequential. And in the words of Brene Brown, we are all inextricably connected Mm. in this world. And without any one of us, the world becomes a different place. And, um, yeah, and just, and believe that, that you, you absolutely offer something to someone, no matter what it is that you're doing in this world. Mm. We all, all the things are necessary Mm. for us to function. And, um, yeah. And as far as, you know, our stuff, Mm -hmm. um, I would say the easiest way to find all of our things is at meadorsinger.com. So it's M-I-A-D-O-R-R singer.com because that's where our evolution shows are. 
Um, it's where your Prohibition show is. It's where our show is. We stream live on Facebook Live on Sunday nights. Um, Mia's an incredible diversified, and what you've seen her do is this little baby pebble of all the things yeah, that she can do. It is do. incredible. And um, just, you know, it's, it's a whole variety of things. And so, you know, get out, support live entertainment, support, yeah. support our bars and restaurants. If we are headed indeed into this recession that they say we're headed into, We've got to be able to stay together and come through on the other side. So, thank you, ladies, for having us. This is beautiful thank to see. You. I want to watch you two and watch you two interact. And as you talk, is each watching each of you look at each other while you talk? Is mm -hmm. that synergy is fantastic? <laughs> There's a power in that. Oh, yeah. I kind of like her. I know. <laughs> right? Like, oh, as we bang like, head, like, we bang our headsets together. Oh, you bang your headsets. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be the headbanger sisters. There you go. <laughs> We're coming. You better DJ for us, Dee. <laughs> I will. I absolutely will. I promise. I do. I love that. And, you know, one of our major goals is to do a women's um, conference in uh, helping women chase their dreams and their goals. Obviously, we don't quite – we have. We want to keep some of it under wraps because we're not fully engaged in that yet. But, we're just talking about it right now. Yeah, and um, <laughs> but coming to me is like it would be so cool to be able to partner up with you guys yeah, and but... be able to connect music and your story and things. And that's what I've – truly just enjoyed about the universe and like you said you just coming in to check out that space i was slow and it's like you girls look like fun what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> you know and it's really just amazing how that one moment that one day that couple minutes can you know just turn into such great connections and so i would love to be able to connect with you guys and talk absolutely. about future plans and working together absolutely. and helping absolutely. women absolutely. i love it mm -hmm. well it's been an honor to chat with you guys and it i just has. appreciate your guys's raw open real and just being completely transparent with your lives to our listeners and to us too and it truly has been inspiring it so. is. thank you you've been listening to the twisted sisters podcast it's ali and samantha and we are signing off happy tuesday thank you for listening to the twisted sisters podcast We'll now leave you with a little bit of wisdom from Allie and Samantha. Imperfection is beauty. Madness is genius. And it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. Twisted, Twisted sisters. sisters. We're all a little twisted. <laughs>